This is an additional podcast of the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where the Sunday Times Politics team interviews various ANC candidates contesting in the governing party's national elective conference for the top six leadership positions. This special series will allow you to sit down and be up and close and personal with the contenders as they chat about their personal lives, the experiences that have shaped them, and most importantly, why they deserve to be considered for some of South Africa's top leadership positions. Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, ANC Elective Conference Special Edition Podcast. My name is Khotatsu Madisa, journalist at the Sunday Times. Today we are chatting with Ronald Lamula, the current Minister of Justice and Correctional Services. He is contesting for the position of Deputy President at the ANC's 55th National Conference, which will be happening this December. He is contesting along the likes of Mamuluku Kubai, Senzum Tkunu, Paul Mashatile and Oscar Mabuya. With immediate effect. When people zone. And I quote, in two years' time, Eskim's problems will be a thing of the past. People won't even remember load shedding. Unquote. They put saliva on the paper. I'm in charge. That's why these fools are running around here. I'm in charge. And then they share that zone. Point of order, Jefferson. Order, Jefferson. Point of order, ruling party by strength of order. Must step aside within 30 days. No, I'm not going to apologize. He has no brains whatsoever. The ANC president was sabotaged again yesterday. Well, sabotage, that can be This is not a shit. Ronald, thank you for welcoming us into your home and welcome to the podcast. Um, the last time we spoke, uh, we, you were preparing yourself to leave uh, your law firm and to, to join the executive. I don't know if you remember, uh, we're at your house in Midrand. How has life been since? Would you say your life has changed dramatically since then? Yeah, it has. Um, obviously, private practice um, it was a huge sacrifice, the transition into public life, because it means that you need to comply with the, all the regulations, uh, the ministerial handbook uh, with regards to what governs private practice and when you transition from private business into public life, which I had to resign from the law firm and the practice and uh, dedicate myself to the service of the people. So um, it has been a Indeed, uh, <laughs> a huge uh, transition, different to what I'm used to, with the uh, traveling to and from Cape Town and across the country, lots and lots of meetings, memos that I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, and yeah, indeed, it has been a huge transition. Would you say your family has been also able to adjust as you, you have to, to this new life? Yeah, I think uh, fortunately I've got young kids, uh, so they are able to. They, there was no much, I mean, it was just for them to move schools, it was to move to Pretoria. And yeah, and yeah, they were able to quickly adjust. Maybe if they were old, it could have been a different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think they were able to. Hmm. And um, I mean, you, you come into the executive having been someone who has been in the ANC for the longest time, people know you as this 
uh, you know, ANC person and now a minister. Um, but do they really know where you come from? Can you just take us through who Ronald is before joining politics? Where were you born? Um, how do you find yourself where you are joining politics today? Yeah, no, I grew up in a farm in Mpumalanga, a farm, a TSP farm called the TSP Tenbuch. That's where my father was working as a farm worker, including my mother. They are both, uh, they were both farm laborers at the time. And um, my mother is from a, a, a village in Pumalanga next to the Mozambican border called uh, Stienbo. And my father is from Bushback region. That's where we move. Um, that's where my father uh, we moved to when I moved to high school mm. uh, to in that village called Kanimopi. And that's where I, I matriculated, uh, went to the University of Enda to study law mm. and became also a student activist at the university and participated in the various student organizations at the time. That uh, was my life, including beyond university is to... I went to what is called the School for Practical Legal Training, UNISA, the Sunnyside in Pretoria. I then went to practice in Secunda, uh, did uh, my articles of clerkship as a candidate in a place called Ivenda in Secunda. Uh, that's where I practiced for about, uh, yeah, for some four or five years or so. And after that, obviously, I joined the Pumalanga Provincial Government and also I was now a leader in the province of the Youth League and the Young Communist League as a district secretary and the Provincial Executive Committee member of the Youth League. That's where I was then elected to be the deputy president of the Youth League, where I went to uh, end up uh, being the deputy president of the Youth League. And after disbandment, as you are aware, I went back to practice and started my own law firm where I practiced there. Uh, for up until I think about uh, seven years, uh, okay. up until 2019. Speaking about the youth league, there's a there's a very interesting picture of you uh, holding a sign that says I think it says Zuma must go. I think you you went to an NEC there was an NEC meeting that was on, um, and you went to, you had a single man protest. Um, uh, during during the time, can you can you just tell us what was going on through your your mind and life at the time no, when you launched it? No, obviously at that time, um, as you will be aware, the youth league was long disbanded, and um, the ANC was a growing difficult period, which I felt that uh, there was a need for members of the ANC to engage um, on the various issues. You will remember there was already the encounter judgment by the constitutional court which clearly defined and pronounced on the fact that the then president had uh, violated the oath of office and so forth. And I felt that as an officer of the court and also as a member of the ANC, we have to engage on this issue where the court has said the president has violated the oath of office. And my uh, protest was to inspire the members of the ANC to engage on the matter even to inspire the members of the ANC to engage in the matter, which I think they did. Now you are a member of the NEC, um, and there are some issues that, uh, you know, 
uh, have been faced by many members of the NEC, uh, others are accused of corruption, they are in the State Capture Commission, um, and the President as well is also facing some serious allegations related to Palapala. Do you think the ability or the, the, the what you had uh, to say you want to inspire those NEC members, do you think you are practicing that right now? I mean, if, as we speak now, there are processes that all the members that have been accused of uh, of uh, issues related to state capture, they undergo processes in the NEC, in the ANC through the Integrity Committee. The president himself has volunteered to go to the Integrity Committee. So there is process. There is a due process that is being undergone. And you have to put it in contrast with the Zuma situation. If you remember, it took years, even ourselves, when we were in the Youth League, we always engaged, even internally, that uh, this issue should be subjected to discussions and all that, up until there was a Concord judgment. So if there is a Concord judgment, you, there, there, there is a judgment. Even as we speak now, there are processes that are unfolding. So what we obviously call for accountability must be informed by process in any constitutional democracy. Hence, whoever has been pointed out by the Zondo Commission uh, has been requested to go to the Integrity Commission to explain themselves. And um, if there is a due process of the law, the step-aside resolution is there. It clarifies what will happen and all those kind of things. So there is accountability as we speak. Even from the president himself, I mean, what we know is that the NEC has not been able to really discuss this matter um, of, of the president in the in the ANC, um, I mean, in its meetings. Why is that? Why 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 is he not accounting to you guys as people who have deployed him to the executive? Now, any matter in the NEC gets processed. He has subjected himself to the integrity commission, and we are awaiting the the outcomes of that process and uh, we will take it from there. So in any matter does not jump into the meeting of the NEC. It must be processed. There is no matter that has never been processed. All matters and the president is no exception. Uh, his matter must follow the same process. For any other person, matters go through the due process of the, of the NEC. You are well, we speak about the president. We know that you, 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 you do support the president. You do support him for the second term. Maybe ahead of um, ahead of the before speaking about your you, you contesting at the conference, can maybe just can you briefly just take us through why you believe the president deserves a second term? Yeah, I mean, the president committed um, that um, he is going to work to restore institutions of a constitutional democracy. Uh, the National Prosecuting Authority, particularly where I am deployed. Um, he has demonstrated political will. Firstly, by uh, ensuring that he appoints the ID, which he did by proclamation. He put his uh, mouth uh, where uh, his um, words are. And it was clear. He, he, he was not uh, obliged, but he felt it necessary that with the work of the Zondo Commission that was happening, there is a need to have an ID which will then process the outcomes of the recommendations and so forth. And the ID started to work in earnest um, immediately uh, when they were appointed to build themselves, to build structures.
and the idea is now we can say a good foundation has been laid the npa all the senior management positions in the npa particularly at the national deputy director level the national director have all been filled he has um, uh, even uh, in this uh, space of them uh, of the hawks allowed them to do their job so he has uh, done what he has committed to to rebuild state institutions. He has rebuilt SARS. SARS have exceeded their revenue expectation because it has been rebuilt by the current sitting president. That it is now, it means now we have got more money that uh, the Minister of Finance could be able to play around. And we are happy that he has also added something, additional budget to the NPA so that they can do their job of fighting crime and, um, and, uh, and the corruption. So, all the institutions, there are many other institutions that we can speak about in society that he has rebuilt. It means it's a person that believes in institutions functioning. These institutions are now functioning. You can see it is there for everyone to see that the tide is turning on the rebuilding of these institutions. And obviously, it's not um, like it's, uh, it's hunky-dory, it's flowers and roses. There are challenges. But he's prepared to confront those challenges and ensure that the institutions are strengthened to do their job. And institutions can live beyond personalities. So what that for any functional democracy, you need institutions to be able to function on their own. And that is what I believe is the key lever why the current president must continue. Because he has already laid the foundation to rebuild this institution. In the ANC, he has, real, he has laid the project of renewal. Is there. He has also laid the foundation on some of the economic policies. I mean, as we speak now, there is no uh, uh, structure that has been able to pass uh, the expropriation bill. The current NEC has ensured the expropriation bill is passed. It's going through the National Assembly is now in the NCOP. Before the end of this quarter or early next year, the expropriation bill will become an act. We have the land court bill that uh, will soon become an act. It is in the NCOP. The 700,000 hectares of land that have been redistributed by this current administration. So it also shows his commitment to land reform and the redistribution of the land to the people of this country. So any other thing, I think um, it's um, it's um, it's um, labeling of him not um, committed to to the strides of our of our struggle. And obviously, we do have challenges. You are aware the energy crisis in the country, which we is there, but um, there are efforts to deal with it. And um, the water challenges that all these challenges, water, energy our infrastructure challenges, the road network, all are historical. We need a long-term plan to respond to them as a collective of the nation. So I do think that for that, he deserves a second term to take us to the next stage to consolidate and put, um, uh, put um, the, the foundation is there to conclude on what he has already started. Mm -hmm. And obviously you, see yourself as someone who can uh, deputize him in the second term that you 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 speak of why why do you do you think you uh, you can 
lead the ANC or assist uh, the, the, the ANC leadership in leading um, the, the country? I'm at the center of the rebuilding of the institutions. I have uh, uh, took the process that the president said we should do to rebuild the National Prosecuting Authority, which uh, I've been in the center of in the past three years, to help them to function independently without fear or favor, to fill the vacancies, to ensure that the Zondo Commission of Inquiry gets the administrative support it needed, and also to help these institutions in terms of budget. For the first time in the past three years, the NPA has been able to appoint more than a thousand prosecutors. It's a good foundation that we have laid, which I believe uh, counts for 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 something in the fight against crime in this country because it's what is the biggest challenge for the people of this country. We have turned around correctional services. The president said we need to have government departments functioning in an entrepreneurial way. Correctional service can raise its hands and say it is now functioning as an entrepreneurial government uh, department uh, in terms of the Correctional Services Act in its own self-sustainability way where we have increased the capability of our farms yeah. uh, to, to farm. We have increased and revitalized factories. We have built bakeries. They produce their own bread now as we speak. They don't uh, outsource uh, eggs. And there's a lot of things that they may not outsource in the next two to three years because of the capability that we have built through what we call a self-sustainability program. And in the last financial year, that has saved government money of about 100 million rands, which we are rebuilding the correctional services ability to do things on its own, which is self-sustainable. As you will know, we were the skunk of the world because of the Bosasa issues. But we have turned that around. Correctional service today, any official of correctional service, wherever they are, they work tall because they know that they are involved in a self-sustainable. There is an institution that we have rebuilt. We have demonstrated that we can do it. That is what the president needs in terms of support for, in terms of uh, the government, but also in terms of the ANC. We need a transition from uh, a generation that fought for freedom of this country. They've done their part. We thank them. And we will still need some of them, obviously, for experience. Hmm. But there is a need to have the generation that became part of our struggle to rebuild the country. A, a generation that is now in our courts as professionals, that is now in the, in the various platforms as economists, as um, doctors, who have lived the life of this democracy to now infuse the experience into policy making and also into the leadership position. And that is what this phase is about. The next transition must be this generation of ours. So that's why in the ANC it's important that there is this infusion of this younger generation. But but is it enough to say only like it's time for younger people to take over? Besides being young and the next in line, what do you bring in terms of uh, uh, your leadership capabilities? Yeah. Uh, unless you're not listening. I've just told you now that I am running a Department of Justice. We have rebuilt the National Prosecuting Authority. Evidence is there. We have rebuilt them. We have given them resources. We are continuing to support the program, including to provide the resources. 
I have also been in the forefront to make the Department of Correctional Services an entrepreneurial department that functions as we speak now, entrepreneurial on a self-sustainability in line with the Correctional Services Act. You can check the, the annual reports of the two departments. We are turning the corner around. That is what we are bringing, the, the ability to make the institutions to function, which is what the president was leading all along to make these institutions to function. They are now able to function. A foundation has been laid and uh, it is there for everyone to see. That is the capability that we are bringing. We are not bringing age. We are saying you must bring competent young people who are ethical and who subscribe to the values of or tambo selflessness uh, and who wants, who are also going to bring stamina and innovation going forward because that is where we are in the current phase of our struggle. So, so, so that's in terms of government. We, you, you are contesting also to lead the ANC to become the the two IC, <laughs> the second in command of the AN, of the ANC. That party right now is facing so many battles, internal fighting, um, allegations, left, right, and center. What do, do you think you have the capabilities to bring the ANC together as part of a collective, of course, but leading it at the top to rid itself of all of these, um, uh, you know, infighting uh, and, and and corruption that has. We've come to know the ANC yeah. In the ANC, I was mandated to deal with the land question. I have told you now that we have done what the conference said we should do. The expropriation without compensation as per the resolution. There is an expropriation bill in Parliament as we speak now. It's uh, in the, It has passed through the National Assembly. It's going to the NCOP. In my department, I have what is called the Land Court Bill, which will enable jurisprudence, will enable speedy adjudication, will bring permanency to what is now called the Land Claims Court, which does not have permanent judges. Through this bill, we are going to have permanent judges that will now adjudicate uh, in the in the in the on the land matters. Thirdly, Legal Aid South Africa in this financial year has started to now represent farm dwellers farm workers across the country as we speak now um, they are now the the, 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 the the law firm of choice for farm dwellers across the country and that is a revolution um, they are now going to be able to help farm dwellers and farm workers including on issues of the land so land justice will definitely be seen and be touched and we will consolidate from what has happened and obviously, in the ANC, it is a collective responsibility. Obviously, if I'm part of the ANC, even now as we speak, we do our best to ensure that we bring together everyone uh, to work towards a common goal. But at the, at the end, what is an important platform is the National Executive Committee that must be able to coalesce everyone to the common vision which is the conference resolutions that we must all implement and nothing else that is what we must focus on and we have implemented a lot of the, um, the conference resolutions uh, the the one relating to the integrity of the ANC we have implemented um, uh, uh, including what the conference said we should do to rebuild the institutions of the state to enable 
the states to fight against corruption. We have done it and uh, we have got evidence to produce, to prove. So that has been done. We are also, as I've said, implementing the conference resolutions in regards to the economic uh, transformation and what we I was uh, mandated to do related to the land question. We, I'm saying this is the progress that we've made. Yeah. So that means that uh, I bring uh, what uh, I have been able to do. You can see it. And uh, it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's in fact madness that we are just bringing age. Mm. We have got the evidence that we are not just bringing age, but we are bringing capability that can be seen. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And maybe um, just to, to, to bring in this question. So you are talking about internal processes of the ANC, how you are rebuilding, you are renewing the party. Um, in order to be able to govern properly, right? But the ANC seems to be on a decline in terms of votes. What do you think causes that and how do you remedy that? Now, obviously, the first one is the challenges of service delivery. We, it's a huge challenge across the country. Um, local government, provincial, national, there are real issues on service delivery. We need to remedy it by appointing competent and ethical people into local government, into the national departments and provincial departments, who must enable us to deliver on the commitments we are making in terms of our manifesto. That is the first thing. The second thing is that we must deal with corruption without flinching and uh, without any fear or favor. We must enable the state institutions that are mandated to deal with corruption to do so without any political pressure, interference or anything, let's allow them to do it in line with the law. I think that will enable us to reconnect with the voters, to, to restore the trust and the confidence of the people of this country. And obviously there are a lot of challenges that people will also understand when they see that action is indeed being taken to resolve most of these challenges, the service delivery ones, as you are aware, and the last one, obviously, is on the economy. The, the energy crisis does not help us to, re, to reboot the economy to pre-COVID levels, where we can create enough jobs. The economy can grow at a level where we can create jobs because unemployment is the biggest challenge in the country. So if we can be able to resolve the energy challenge and attend to the issue of economic growth and uh, unemployment and be clear that we must be biased to the working class and the majority of this country in terms of economic transformation. I think that will be able to restore the, the confidence and the trust that the people of this country had in the ANC. Mm -hmm. No, thank you so much. So are you saying by December 21st we will be saying ANC Deputy President Ronald Lamola? <laughs> yeah, I leave that to the ANC structures. <laughs> it's up to them. <laughs> I've said I'm available. If call upon, I will accept. I will uh, accept the nomination and I'm going to stand. But up to so far, I'm glad that uh, the structures across the country are nominating. You can go from Messina to Cape Town, from Cape Town to Mshawialingana, from Mshawialingana to Mafiki. The structures uh, are speaking in one voice and it is clear that particularly the young people of the ANC they are saying this is our program. We have to infuse generational mix 
uh, in all these structures and you can hear their voice reverberating across the country. Do you not think it's concerning that there's so many people who think they can lead the ANC? What's your take on, on, on that? Is that concerning in Britain? Did you see how many people wanted to lead Britain? Mm. More than 80. For the prime minister position? Mm. Mm. Was, is that, uh, does that show the mockery of the Conservative Party? So, so you think it's good that there are people who think they can lead the ANC and there's so many of them? You think it's a... Yeah, I think it's good. Let mm. the structures decide who can lead. Yeah. yeah. Because I was calculating, I think it's about, okay, Mayra, but because there's six positions, I think there's about 16 or, or 18 yeah. people who have raised their hands, between 16 yeah, and 18, for, for, obviously for the top six. The structures are spoiled for choice. That's it for this episode of the Sunday Times Politics Weekly. We'll be hosting a number of conversations with ANC top leadership hopefuls, so please subscribe to this podcast. It can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Ayonu, or wherever you get your podcasts. This content is also available on the Sunday Times and Times Live websites. Simply search for Times Live Politics Weekly on the site to access the content. <laughs> <laughs>